0: Welcome to the Future of Dentistry podcast series powered by Dr. Bicuspid and Keystone Industries. In this series of seven interviews coming from the Dental Trade Alliance meeting in Bonita Springs, Florida, you'll hear from experts from around the dental industry about what they are anticipating in 2024 and beyond. Let's get started. The Future of Dentistry podcast series is powered by Keystone Industries helping dentists and dental team members with their preventive and laboratory needs since 1908. Learn more at dental.keystoneindustries.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the doctorbycuspid.com podcast. We are live at the Dental Trade Alliance meeting in Bonita Springs, Florida, and I'm honored today to be joined by one of the speakers at the meeting, and that is Lisa Bedell. Lisa, how are you?
1: Hey, good. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Uh, Lisa is a best-selling author of Kill the Company and Why Simple Wins.
1: True. don't let the titles scare you off. <laughs> well, <laughs> Get scared.
0: Well, simplicity. I know that was the theme of your talk earlier today. I gathered a lot of things from it. But I'm curious, let's just go overarching theme here. Why do we make things so difficult in, in, in business today, whether you're a small dental practice or a large dental company?
1: So, you know, it's interesting. I say that we always... Uh, complexity always happens with the best of intentions. So, you know, most people don't create complexity on purpose. There are some that do, obviously, because they want to hide something or they're trying to protect themselves. But most, um, it's out of human nature. They're trying to move quickly and they're trying to just build on what they have. They don't have time to think about how to redo something. So they they create the beasts that they become a slave to. It's why we, have, we add more than we subtract. Okay. So some of it's human nature, some of it's habits. Uh, a lot of it now with people is time. They just have a lack of time to slow down and to think. Simplicity is going to create the space so they can think more.
0: I know that not only in dental, but in every industry right now, there is the hiring shortage. There are people trying to bring other people in. Do you find that that adds to the complexity of tasks whenever a new person is brought in? Or are we finding that, that things can maybe simplify with a new set of thoughts that come into the, the practice for the business?
1: So the answer is yes. I think for the people that are there, it's hard because you've got to get a new person up to speed. But if you simplify, you can make that onboarding practice perhaps a little bit simpler and get the members more easily. But I think the great thing about having someone new start is because they have a fresh set of eyes. Because we kind of, we get into habits, right, and rituals. And the new person comes in and says, why the hell do you do it like that? So they can come in with hacks, actually. What if we did this different? Question that process. Eliminate something. Um, I think we like consistency. Right, we like to be in a groove. Well, we don't. We don't realize sometimes that we're a rut because they look and feel the same. The person that comes in, they see rut right away, whereas we see groove. So I like having a new person because they can identify. Time sucks. Bad habits.
0: I know in in dental practice, so often there's a Monday morning meeting, and sometimes those meetings are just because that's the way they've always done it. They get ready for the week. They get ready for the day ahead. But I know that sometimes we have to make sure meetings are actually. Productive. The meetings are actually worth having. How how do we do that to make sure that the meetings aren't something people dread, but they actually get something out of?
1: Such a great question. Well, I like to talk to people. They usually ask me about this in the world of hybrid work, like uh-huh. things. Why do we have to get together um, when we could have done the same thing at home? For example, things have to be fit for purpose. So if there's a reason for it, maybe it's Monday alignment, right? That's fantastic. But there's other ways to have a meeting. So for example, Cleveland Clinic had the same issue. A lot of their tech groups said, we keep having these two-hour, one-hour Monday morning meetings, and it's so laborious. Not all of us have to be there for all of it. So they changed it to um, 15-minute stand-ups every morning. Hmm. Quicker sprints to the point, more immediate problem solving. Great. Get on with your day.
0: And did it take a while to adjust to that, or were people ready to hop in? Okay.
1: They were ready to hop in. There's always the resistance, right? Because, well, isn't it easier just to do it all at once? And they said, to your point, let's just pilot it. Okay. Let's just pilot it. And if we don't like it, we can always go back. Okay. That usually quells the resistors, (laughs) and it lets you try try something new.
0: And are the resistors people who have been there forever, or we've always done it this way, and that's kind of the they're uh, bored. They hold on to a drift in the ocean.
1: Typically, because they're the ones that created the rule or the process or the meeting, and everyone um, they become very emotional about what their ideas were. Mm-hmm. And the idea isn't that the meeting is bad. The idea is that maybe it's outlived its time. Okay. And if you're a growth leader, right, you're going to morph it into something new. Great idea in the meeting, but I think now in the way that we work, let's just change to be a little bit different. So I think there is some ego stroking to be done. <laughs> There's some way of saying piloting because it takes away the risk. Um, it's really more about whose idea it was than longevity of the person.
0: And I know challenging the the usual, challenging the way things always been done is that's one of the things that I I wrote down whenever you said something about kill stupid rules. <laughs> I I, lo- I love that. that I love that slide and and it does resonate. But it, are, do we have rules in place just because again that's the way we've always done it or? How do how do we break free of some of the things that maybe take up so much time in our day, or people pull their hair out? The huh? reason
1: people like kill a stupid rules because they never think about um, a formal process for eliminating things. Okay, but we just kind of deal with problems in the moment. Okay. But if you this gives you a structured way and permission for people that have fear to get rid of things that aren't working. So one of the things to realize, by the way, is that rules are like weeds; they grow back. So if you just do it once, it's very cathartic. But you need to weed the garden a couple times a year. Okay. So Kelly's stupid rules is really powerful because it allows people to have a safe and a safe place and a methodical way of identifying issues that are time sucks, unproductive, etc., and agreeing as a group how to change the behaviors or get rid of them. Yeah. So it's a it's a cultural thing, right? And that we've all agreed we will not do this anymore.
0: I love the agreeing as a group because I, I think that that's such a, a builder. Yeah, you know, we talked about the new people coming in and the new attitudes, but to agree is something that these are the rules that we live by, even though there are fewer rules now.
1: Right. And I think people feel more vested when they um, when they are allowed to take back control of their time because they want to use it in more productive ways. No one comes to work being like, yeah, paperwork. They want to get rid of it, right? So I think this is all for, uh, for the boss, right? It saves money and time.
0: Mm-hmm. And do the rules apply because you can have the internal culture, but then obviously... There are customers who come in, don't patients who come in who have always done things a certain way. How do we how do we get our customers to think a little differently as well, Mason? So you
1: can rule out things slowly. Okay. Right? And that's another thing, which is not everything has to be scary and transformative and big. Okay. So if they're worried about that, don't do that. I think there's internal change and there's external, like forward facing change. I would start with the internal first and then I would do the forward facing. Okay. So and it can be small things, test it out. If somebody doesn't like it, change it back. It's not coming in. (laughs)
0: It's a beautiful thing right there. One thing, uh, an acronym that stuck out to me, and I've heard it before, but you mentioned it today was Bluff. Yes. The bottom line up front, I know that that was primarily for emails and things like that, but it can also be for conversations as well. Kind of a cut to the chase moment.
1: That is a fantastic point. Thank you for saying, yeah, it's for meetings and for presentations. It's a, here's what I'm going to tell you today. Here's where I want to meet. I think it's a brilliant thing to live by.
0: And is it something just in, Every day-to-day conversation, we kind of need to have that bluff mentality as well. I
1: think the reason why is because everything's become so complex and jargony and there's so much noise. Um, Bluff is a great way to get to clarity because we don't have any time to think about what do we want. So we tend to ramble on about what do we do, right? Because we're just going to get it out just by thinking while we talk. Bluff really makes you think before you talk. Okay. So I like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of forces us to think about what is the purpose of what I'm doing? Do I really need it? So a lot of times when people think through bluff, they go, I don't really know if I need it.
0: That's a, that's a beautiful thing right there. And one last question. What, what is a trend? And, and I'm asking all my, my podcast guests, a trend that you see heading into the new year That maybe for business whether it's dental no matter what it is that that we need to be keeping an eye on or really kind of put as dare i say a resolution i don't know if that's even a good word to use here but
1: well the last thing i talked about was stopping it and what's really interesting is getting people in the habit of um that subtraction is a good thing not a bad we always think adding is about growing and subtraction must be about shrinking Mm -hmm. subtraction you have to subtract to grow you have to create the space So the trend I'm seeing is around stopping it. So people are literally telling people, I want you to tell me what you're going to stop doing. And that forces people who complain about priorities and maybe rightfully so to say, what do we need to stop doing to make space for the things that you think are so important? And they have to then articulate what it is, not just complain.
0: I know you're an author. I know you're a speaker. But I know you also help all different companies kind of with this thinking. How can people get a hold of you, or how do they learn more or get in touch with you?
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. That's great. Also, they can go to futurethink.com, and there's lots of free resources for them there. Uh, they can look us up on Amazon, too. I've got both my books there, and I invite them to see what they think.
0: That sounds great. Lisa Vidal, thanks so much for being on today. And thanks for listening to the episode of the Doctor by Custom podcast. We'll be on with more here from the Dental Trade Alliance meeting in Bonita Springs, Florida, very soon.